I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I'm having a good day today, and let me be the first to welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If you're starting to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I was on the right to the internet. They are found on royaltyfreemusic.com and archive.org. I also have a mission today I'd like to reveal with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is you take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities are not to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some paid for the following. There are more sponsors for our Autism Farm Day that we need to recognize. They are Bell Tire, Walmart, Sands Club, and Chloe Burris Photography. Thank you all for your help. Owensburg Auto should be re-recognized for good reasons. This company specializes in collision repair and towing owned by Philip May. Their products include paintless dent repair, EDR for hail damage, door dings, light creases, and dents. A pair of Rhino Pro Tough Coat Bed Liners is available in 10 different colors at Owensburg Auto. We can paint machinery equipment and regular equipment or whatever you need painted at Owensburg Auto. Support and resources are available through Stonebelt for differently abled individuals. The South Central Indiana Agency was founded in 1958, making it the oldest and largest in the field. There is more Stonebelt services and customer service. A great deal of change has been achieved as a result of their efforts. It is a fantastic ABA center in Indiana called Peace by Peace. The Peace by Peace family business is a locally owned and operated business that values each child and family. As behavior analysts, we empower parents and help young children realize their full potential by applying evidence-based practices. Several locations are served by the company, including Fort Wayne, Lebanon, Lafayette, Crawfordsville, Cloverdale, and Frankfurt. Visit their website or call your local branch for more information. Taking part in the experience will be unforgettable. In Bedford, Kentucky, we must discuss farm CBD oil. In order to provide superior CBD oil, they combine agriculture, pharmacy, chemistry, quality, and engineering. It is their goal to exceed expectations in the hemp industry. Quality is farm CBD's top priority. Likewise, Guthrie's Creek Butchery deserves a hearing. Guthrie Creek is a little cultivating, family-owned, and work business Situated in Bedford, Indiana, our group is composed of long-lasting loved ones as we carry on the flourishing specialty of outdated butchery. We maintain that you should realize you can purchase with certainty. I should also make reference to Safeguard in Bloomington, Indiana. Situated on Kirkwood Road, they can assist you with any business, limited time things, or security things. Safeguard is the spot to look for provisions in the event that you are contemplating beginning a business. I also must talk about the Yoho General Store. Owned by Marcy Cook, this store is an attraction in Greene County. While they are a general store, they are also a restaurant that is known for their southern-based meals and ice cream. Feel free to visit this amazing place. Now, we need to talk about Shipley Drywall, located in Bloomfield, Indiana. They offer services that help you with your home. 
As they say, we treat your home like it's ours. If you need any home repairs, give them a call at 812-825-1893. It is a service that's beneficial to both you and them. I now to visit Bedford, Indiana, not Kentucky, Indiana, and discuss Salt Creek Brewery. They are a brewery that has a craft-made beer with live music and much more. What makes this place unique, though, is that it is all done in a service garage. It's a place, as you will never forget, that you went there. Next on my list is Buffalo Wings and Rings in Bedford, Indiana. This is the best Wings and Rings on earth because you never leave disappointed. The atmosphere and the staff are so friendly that you leave with a smile on your face. I finally need to examine my close Kona in Bloomington, Indiana. The Kona in Bloomington is awesome since you never leave dispirited. The advancement doesn't disappoint considering the way they serve incredible shaved ice. They are starting to serve fall flavors like apple flavored and pumpkin pie. If you see them, make a highlight or get a freezy treat or even a wave. And there are also some people I'd like to thank. First, I want to thank my four previous guests, Jeff Snyder, Ron Sanderson, Philip Sage, and T. I. C. 216, Lifting Autism with Jeffrey Snyder, Ron Sanderson, Philip Sage, and T. I. C. More information. But what amazing people. Thank you for not only coming on my show, but also for the work that you do that helps with the autism community. I am also happy to announce that I got three speaking gigs booked. First, on September 30th, I will be speaking to all of Shoal School Districts. And I am so happy to do this, and we will rock it out, Jug Rocks. Second, on... October 19th, I will be at the virtual Podpalooza. I'm excited to see what people I will meet and shows I will be on. I am starting to move mountains, everyone. Also in July 2023, I will be speaking in the country Brazil. Not Brazil, Indiana, but Brazil and South America. I am so excited that my message is being heard outside of the United States. Two Mondays ago, I got some advice on how to get more listeners. Thank you, Anthony Nwarney, for showing me some tips. I appreciate the help. I also need to briefly talk about last week's Balloon Fest on September 8th through 10th. We were vendors for the annual Kiwanis Indiana Balloon Fest. Lots of people checked it out and were satisfied with the work I do. An extra thanks goes to Vanessa for inviting me to do this. ARAR from the bottom of our hearts, thanks you so much. We also talked to our friend Daniel Pewter about our speaking gig in January 2023. And C211, Learning to Learn with Daniel Pewter. We got our ducks in a row, and we are forever thankful for letting us come down to Florida and telling these kiddos our story where they might get inspiration from. Also, Autism Farm Day is coming up. Make sure to register for our Jeep ride and come. It will be a fun day. And last week, ARAR got an unexpected award. ARAR got voted the best media company in Avon, Indiana, and in the surrounding areas. Thank you, Avon, Indiana. I am so happy that everyone likes the movement I have created. And ARA will be doing some collaboration with Anna Lundenberg. Together during next month, we will be hosting a panel about reimagining success and what success really looks like. Thank you, Anna, for doing this with me. I am so excited to see what this will be like. And since the last episode, I have been on two podcasts. I was on the Mirror Talk podcast with Toby Ojikul and the Making a Difference podcast with Wayne Veldsman. What awesome podcast. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear an ad from Barra Maryland Ridge. So let's get to it. There is a hidden gem in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the Barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends, Perry and Renee Fowler, and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the Barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 5347 South Greene County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations. 
items, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, you'll definitely hear the words I do at this wedding barn. Now, today we have three people on the show. Each one of these has a business that caters to those on the autism spectrum. Like me, their measures have something to do with taking a negative stigma off of autism and showing that there is no normal. First, I have Isabel Johnston, who I met in Orlando, Florida, while at PodFest. Isabel is a serial entrepreneur that specializes in diversity, equality, and inclusion, and multidimensional learning, peer and reverse mentoring, and organizational improvement. Her business is called Employees for Change, or for short, E4C. E4C is a software that provides DEI skills, recruitment, and cognitive skills development for employers and their intern talent. Like me, she is also a podcast host as she runs the Intern Whisperer for a podcast that streams on multiple live radio stations, 16 podcast channels, and on E4C Facebook and YouTube channels as well. Next, we have Frank Mallet, who reached out to me. When I heard about him, I knew he had to be on because his business is called Critters for Service, and that is service dogs for autism, special needs, and veterans at little to no cost through the health of donations and volunteers. Finally, we have Rob Hoach, who I met randomly at a clubhouse meeting. Rob Hoos grew up in Long Island, New York with undiagnosed autism. When he was learning to speak during childhood, he could only say vowels and not consonants. He had very few friends and was bullied incessantly as his stuttering continued until his late teens. He had very low self-esteem, self-confidence, depressions, and inability to maintain relationships and a deep distrust of other people and life in general. He didn't know that there have been many of those things that were symptoms of the autism spectrum. In 1984, he was tired of, as he said, the rat race and started taking personal development courses through organizations such as Tony Robbins and Toastmasters International. After he mastered how to communicate with conviction, he changed his life because he rebuilt his self-confidence and self-esteem as healed numerous internal wounds he collected along the way. He accomplished this by asking him the proper questions and learning how to connect with autism. His business is called Autism Gifts. The goal of Autism Gifts is to inspire individuals on the autism spectrum to defies societal labeling by taking strategic action to achieve their goals and dreams by using their unique gifts by authentically sharing their life story. Help me welcome these amazing entrepreneurs to Autism Rocks and Rolls so we can learn more about them and their organization. How's everyone doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Congrats. thanks a lot. Of course. My first question is, what does running a business that surrounds autism mean to you? I'll go ahead and go first then. I have been a public classroom teacher, and so I encountered working with students while in the classroom, and I carried that into what my company, Employers for Change, is, and so my name's Isabella. I'm the only woman on the show, so I think that people will know that one for sure, and part of the reason why that this is very meaningful to me is I have people that work with me in my company that are autistic and we definitely want to make sure that people feel included. We use our podcast as one of the ways to share how employers can be more inclusive in the workplace for and with individuals that have autism. I would agree because we got to be together in a sense. 
So I'm Rob here in Los Angeles, and I'm at www.myautismgifts.com. To answer your question, Sam, you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast the stigma of being diagnosed. And what I tell people is a diagnosis of autism or whatever you have, ADHD, Asperger's, I have them all, is not a prognosis for your life. But a lot of people have been mistreated, shall I say, because we're quote unquote differently abled. And we have gifts that we don't realize that we have. For the last 38 years, I've been taking personal development courses to keep uncovering the gifts. It's my honor and my passion to assist others in getting rid of their judgments, conclusions, shame, blame, chips on their shoulder for being mistreated and have them achieve what they don't think they can achieve in life. Hi, Frank Klamath, California. I have grown up in autism, but I've never actually came out publicly until after my mom's passing that I was autistic. I was tested at 35. Through taking care of my mother, was able to be in a completely isolated environment to where, well, in a nutshell, she had a 90-second memory. I took care of her for 20 years, so we kind of had to stay in that thing and in that realm, and it made me have to make service dogs, which is my high point of my autism, ironically, and that made me be very creative, but also pay attention to where those highs and lows of autism are, for me at least, to be able just to unplug that and plug it in to turn it into a service dog business that one person can make up to 19 dogs at one time into service level dogs is incredible. And it's something that I want to get out there and get the word out. And once I get my business stabilized, my gift is speaking to animals, not the business side of things. But once I do get us stabilized, I'm looking forward to going out and speaking at that level back to other people and to non-autistic people just to show them that we are very creative. We are quite usable. There's nothing wrong with us whatsoever. And if you just take out the high points and plug us in at that, It's pretty freaking incredible. It really is, honestly. The fact that you kind of, in a sense, built an empire, if that makes any sense. You kind of built something on your own. I find that admirable. And I respect a lot of people who do that. Now, next question is another one for all of you. So what were your initial thoughts when you decided that you were going to have a nonprofit organization that involves the autism spectrum? I'm not a nonprofit organization at the moment. However. I do plan on starting one in the future, and the purpose of that would be to assist others in bringing out their gifts and people who are on the lower income side of things. So this way, we can get government grants, donations, things like that. So this way, that would pay for the cost of staff, any materials, etc. So when you serve, you get back 200% of what you give. So my objective when I assist people in any way is to just be as giving as I can, and I let the universe take care of the rest. My company, Employers for Change, is a for-profit company, not a non-profit, and you can actually be able to make an income on both sides of the table, honestly. The value of any organization that's raising awareness about 
autism and the other disorders that are on that spectrum is huge. It's just huge. It's so in needed. I have partnered and been hired by uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and that's when I actually got to learn more about autism and Asperger's and some of the other disorders that are there and realize that they are also out to help raise awareness and break that stigma as to what these names mean, just so that people don't keep perpetuating, you know, falsehoods forward and realize one of the things that I love the most about working with Alex, and Alex is somebody that's in my team, he is like my ethics meter. He is the one that I know will always make sure that we do the right thing. And I appreciate that very, very greatly. So I'm going to let it go to Frank. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I call it my deadly derightism. I have to watch out for that sometimes because sometimes that can become a social issue. But anyway, back on the subject, I actually am a nonprofit. I kind of had a lot of help to get there. I started off taking care of my mom. did 20 years of that and her needing service dogs. Just before she left, I had a vision to make service dogs for children with autism that are locked in and let them find their way out through the dog was what the vision was. So I started to build up the dogs so that I could actually drop them off as a distraction from taking care of my mom. But she was actually on her last leg, as it were. So she left us with that. We were able to get our nonprofit, 501c3. We got a bank account. We now have our insurance. And half of my pack is for doing therapy directly with people. We're working on drop-off pickup things with schools for special education I'm starting a route physically. Tomorrow's the second time that we're going to take it, going all the way down to Arcata to go to two locations to do therapy with the dogs themselves. So they're actually starting to bring in their own money. Isabella was stating that being a for-profit and so was the other gentleman, we have a duality to where we can do for-profit or non-profit, but I'm pretty simplified in my thinking and I kind of been sticking in the non-profit. Um, I hope that answers your question. It does. And I appreciate the answer because even if you're a profit or a nonprofit, the end result is the same because the goal, and I believe you can agree if you guys, and you guys are more going to chime in, but you're trying to do good at the end of the day. I think that's the end result. Wouldn't you guys agree? Absolutely. That's been my goal from the beginning. Absolutely and totally. Now the next question, based on observations for you, Isabel, and because you guys are diagnosed, how do you think an autistic brain operates? That's a really good question. Because I don't think that I could honestly do justice to the answer, but I'll take my shot at it. So I think that the brain works at a very different level of ethics. I think that the creativity is very high. The ability to communicate and to be a very big contributor to a company is also very high because the individuals that I've worked with have all had, I know that this may not be as politically correct to say, but very high functioning. And there's all different abilities all the way across. So forgive me if I used a term that's not maybe the right term, but I know you guys will all help me get back onto the right term. But I think that's the one thing that most people, they don't know anything. And they'll generally think, oh, that means that they can't have a job, that they can't support a family, that they can't live independently. And that could be so far from the truth. That is so mistakenly a misperception. Yeah, and I can remember, because if you think about it, I'm going to, I'll keep his name and not, but your buddy or your client, I don't know what you call him, but 
at PodFest, he is... Oh, that was another individual. Yeah. Yeah. I can see in his eyes. He works his tail off. Yeah, he does. So literally, to give a scientific answer, because I'm a believer in just telling the truth, is that I looked it up on my smartphone while Isabella was speaking, and it said, in the autistic brain... The brain has reduced connectivity, which is known as hypoconnectivity. So there's weakly connected regions of the brain that are drifting apart. So basically, the wiring in the brain is different. That wiring gives each person unique skills and talents based upon their individual wiring. Some people are good at math and science, others excel at art, music, anything with fine detail skills. I'm not a music, art, and science person, but I am really good at business. So it all depends upon how that person's brain wiring was connected or not connected. To be honest, one of my favorite quotes I trolled off of Facebook was, if you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. Everyone is wired differently. Everybody reacts differently. Ironically, though, I like the waveform idea because there's a high point, like I like to say about myself, that you just take out and plug in where needed. And we all seem to have that. Even the ones that aren't as, I don't have better terms to use either, but the higher and lower functioning is one of them that I can relate to in my brain. So I apologize if that's not PC. But the ones that are not as high functioning, better way to put it, even they have high points. Some incredible ones, jaw-dropping ones I've seen with artistic freedoms. Although business seems to be a rarity to at least my experience as far as a high point for autism. So I give Rob kudos for that. And Um, I think we all give you guys kudos for what you do. What you were saying, it reminds me of this person. Y'all ever heard of Cody Lee from America's Got Talent? No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of him when you were saying that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But in case you don't know, Robin Isbell, he is actually the winner of America's Got Talent. He was definitely on the lower functioning end of the autism spectrum, and he's blind. But I'm not kidding you. He's a fabulous musician. And if you haven't checked his audition out, you got to check it out. Oh, I'm going to. Kudos to him for winning. I didn't know he had won. I was just seeing the one uh, when he was auditioning, and it was just jaw-dropping. It was jaw-dropping, Frank. I mean, my jaw was like, uh, are you sure this is real? There's a person that I met on Clubhouse, where I met Sam, who is blind, who bakes. He's an actor. He's a great musician. So actually, I'm going to suggest he try out for America's Got Talent. Is I didn't even connect the two, but I'm going to suggest he do that. That's an awesome idea, Rob. And I bet you would kill it, literally. I'm always looking for ways to serve others uh, just from my experience because everyone thinks of things differently since all our brains are wired uniquely and differently. But that's a good thing because then it gives us the opportunity to determine what our best strengths are if we so choose or people can play the blame game and as some people do, but I'm not one that plays the blame game. I Me neither, and sorry to interrupt you, Rob, but I got to know, why do people go to the blame game, in your opinion? Because it's a lot easier. They get pity and sympathy, and they get government benefits, but they're missing out on all that life has to offer, the joy. 
the joy of contributing to others and contributing their unique talents to society. What is the most rewarding and most difficult part of running a business that caters to autism? And this question is for all of you as well. I think it's all rewarding. I think that how we actually gain and grow is through those challenges. Because if we didn't have the challenges, we wouldn't know how to be better people. So the goal is to always make this as transparent as possible and just raise awareness. I don't think that is at all an issue because also it's highly rewarding, but also because I've worked with so many individuals, whether they have Asperger's or autism, honestly, the deaf and individuals that have other disabilities, we work with all different types. It's always rewarding. And I'm glad you think that because we need people like you to have an optimistic impact. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Sam. That means a lot. Not a problem. I could have really easily, I don't call them challenges, I call them growth opportunities. The reason why I do that is because there is no failure in life. Fail stands for, for all I learned. And what we do as autism educators, coaches, mentors, whatever, people who supply dogs, our unique perspective adds value to people's life who don't feel like they're valued because of all the BS that's going on in their life because of people who didn't value them, who saw them as different and not in a good way. So when I'm talking to people, I tell them that fear does not stand for F everything and run. It stands for feeling excited and ready after they work with a coach like myself, a mentor, a pastor, a minister, a therapist, whoever they choose, whoever they resonate with. So I get lit up like a Christmas tree when I see people making progress because it validates my mission. I like how you broke that acronym down too. Failure is not failure. I love that. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's only a failure if we think it is. That is correct. The glass can be half empty or it can be half full. In, mo in my case, it's like three quarters full the vast majority of the time at a minimum and usually like 90 to 95% because our quote unquote job in life is to determine what the lesson is in everything. But people aren't taught that. They're not taught to listen to say, hey, how did I contribute to this? They're like, oh, woe is me. I keep attracting people who pick on me, bad bosses, bad friends, abuse of this, abuse of that, alcoholics, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Is that better? Being autistic and having a business that's focused on autism, I really think of it as a win-win, but really tough because I'm also the representative of my business. So as I'm out there trying to fundraise and such, if I'm having an autistic day or whatever you want to call it, then affects everything around us. So we get a little negative and positive as we go. But in the bigger picture, to do what I'm doing and to be a part of the people that I'm helping, I, it's wonderful. I wouldn't change it a single bit. I wouldn't change it either. And she's like those dogs, I'm just going to say, those dogs seem very happy that you're a part of their life. I can tell. Yeah, as long as you get their exercise. Today was a rain day, so we're a little grumpy today in the house. Well, hey, I get to meet some, some new friends, so I'm happy right now. And... Man, if I could hug him, I'd love to, honestly. 
because I'm a big dog guy. I've always loved dogs since I was a kid. Well, if you need one for your public speaking, these guys are very gregarious and quite outgoing. They do great on stage. That's awesome. And I think I think got plenty of dogs right now because if they came to our house, they'd be lunch to our dogs. Our <laughs> dogs are big and like don't. I'm not saying are very mean, but are very territorial. What advice would you give to others who are starting a business that surrounds the autism field or a disability field in a sense? Have passion and purpose. Create a great context. A context is like a big picture and the person with with the biggest context wins. So for example, like Gandhi's context was world peace. So anything and everything that Gandhi did was surrounded world peace. So I teach people what I call CPR technology, context, purpose, and results. The context is the big picture. The purpose is why you're doing it. And the results are are both concrete. I want to contribute to, I don't know, 1,500 people per year. You just set your goals. And then you have income goals. And also you have goals which aren't concrete. An example of that is when you see people grow, when you acknowledge people for their growth and you want to see and you want to write down and have people visualize what goals they want and creating visualization sessions for them or whatever is appropriate for each individual person. I would suggest that they make sure that they talk to the people that they plan on serving as their program recipients. And then I would also suggest that they speak with people that are experts in the field. That could be people in academia, could be people at other nonprofits that support. I would also suggest that they look at how they could partner with other organizations so that when they're seeking grants, especially when they're new, by partnering with a more established group, you can split that pool of money, if you will, And then you'd be able to have another partner that can give you more addresses, names, if you think about it, that you can include at your events or wherever. But partnerships are very, very good. In addition to talk to your customers, then talk to your subject matter experts. And also get other organizations involved. I'm on the Autism Society email list. So I will be contacting... Yeah, I will be contacting them, seeing what I can do to volunteer and assist others because, like I said earlier, we get back 200% of what we put out. We never know where that 200% is going to come from. In the universe, the universe just serves it up whenever it's appropriate. Wow, those guys really know what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Sam struck right on my shortcoming because my only advice would be to Pay attention and educate yourself as much as you can ahead of time. Oh, that's key. Get familiar with it. Get familiar with it. Be around as many autistic people as you can, which is not always so easy. But for me, I do know where I'm falling short and I'm struggling to survive. But knowing the education and stuff, if I would have had that ahead of time, I think it really would have got us on the ground running a little easier. Yeah. Although I have no regrets. It's a leap of faith. I have 19 that are, you know, half ready to go to homes this year, and the other half are actually starting their therapy. So still trying to figure out the business side of it, though, to be honest. Yeah, and I understand. But hey, at least you're figuring it out. And I'm going to go with what you said. Sometimes people, and I'm not saying this in a mean way. It's just kind of the truth here. But I think sometimes we exhaust people out. 
in a sense, because we're talking mm-hmm. about something else. They're talking about something yeah. else. They don't know what to do. And we, I think we exhaust their brain a little bit. They have to solve the Wheel of Fortune puzzle because it's not easy to sometimes follow along. I think sometimes their brain kind of goes to deplete where it's just, I'm done. I can't follow along. And oh, Lordy, in a sense. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Like going to the white noise or the elevator music. <laughs> and I understand it. I get it. It's tough being observing enough to see it, but yet not able to completely prevent it from occurring. All of us on the spectrum can probably agree to that to a certain point. Oh, and Sam, we should add one more thing. Get on as many podcasts as you possibly can, because that's another way to share the news, right? I would agree with that, because if you think about it, I mean, I got other sponsors and other entrepreneurs that sometimes have relation to autism or other disabilities. I know one of our sponsors has a grandson who has Down syndrome, but he's getting the word out that, hey, it's okay to be yourself. And hey, it's okay to have someone in your family with different talents. Now, this question is actually just for Isabella. So Isabella, it's your turn in a sense. Okay. How did you get the opportunity to go to PodFest? All right. Well, gosh, that was my third year for doing it. I've applied for the fourth year also. My podcast is called The Intern Whisperer. And so I share HR tips and suggestions about diversity, what real diversity is. And it's not the color and race and gender of people on the page. Real diversity is about individuals with disabilities. It's about internationals. It's about veterans that have some issues also if they've served for 30 years in the service they don't always know how to transition into the business world here diversity is multidimensional and that means that you have to be open to all different types of people and not just think oh they have to check the box they are this color they are this race they are this gender that's not real diversity diversity is everybody That's not real diversity. I mean, there should be a shirt, honestly, with every person on here, like with a different color, like one person has, I don't know, the autism colors, the other person has the bright colors. Yeah. But that's why I wish we had a shirt like, like a diverse shirt. I know they're saying everyone's different than they've got the skull dabbing, but I want one with everyone dabbing with their colors in. And on our show, we also talk about the future of work. What does work look like? And it should always be inclusive. It should be accessible to all of your employees. I agree. Now, just out of curiosity, other than the fact that you stayed, I smell nice. What were your thoughts of me when we (laughs) met at PodFest? He see, he remembers that gentleman. I went, oh, wow. (laughs) His mom's next to him, too. I put put extra cologne on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I said, oh, he, he smells really nice. He was very outgoing. He was very articulate. He was on a man on a mission to make sure that people understand more about what autism is. And that was very interesting to me. That's how I met him. I specifically saw that table over there, and I always look for people that I think can be really great guests and help further a cause. So on my show, we have futurists, we have thought leaders, we have CEOs of companies, and we have a lot of HR people. So you fall underneath that thought leader, Sam. Now, these two are for Frank. So Frank, I think it was you who found me. So out of curiosity, how did you find Autism Rocks and Rolls? To be honest, I was creatively, desperately looking up another 
there's one of the bigger events and I just went through their sponsors and literally sent hellos to everybody that was involved with autism just because I, I trust my instincts as much as I can in what I'm doing and it hasn't failed me yet. And that's literally how we stumbled across each other. It was, and it was pretty cool what you did. I looked at you and I thought, man, I got to talk to this. And out of curiosity, again, when the first time we chatted with the phone call, what were your thoughts of me? Because I know we had the chat of like, it was kind of a cool chat for me and the fact that we agree that no dog is inherently mean. I know that was really, really an awesome like conversation. To be honest, I've been pretty impressed that you're present. You don't come across as an autistic person in most of your communication. I appreciate uh, that. First of all, well, I, I know it's not your goal, but it's just the way it is. I mean, we all are different and we all come off different. I can keep it together too, in a little slipper. I get what you're going, but I'm just saying that honestly, a lot of people have said this before. You wouldn't know unless you live with me. You would not know 100% that I had autism unless you live with me. Because when you get in the house, you probably understand that, oh, he has autism because he can't understand how to cook bacon. Yeah, I get it. If we pan the camera, it'd probably be more obvious here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, this is actually for my friend Rob. So when we chatted for the first time on Clubhouse and we started having like that conversation about what we had and what we were doing, other than the fact that you kind of acknowledged me with the clap, what were your initial thoughts on me as well? Honestly, I don't recall my initial thoughts. But what I do is when I'm on Clubhouse, I consciously look at people's profile and see what I have in common with them. Because when you have Asperger's, part of that is difficulty starting relationships. I look for a starting point. I look for something in common. And I'm one to always acknowledge people for who they are, what they are, what they're doing, because not enough people get acknowledgement for the contribution that they make to the quote-unquote differently abled community. So that's always my purpose when I'm meeting someone is to number one, show them love, and number two, establish what we have in common to keep the relationship going. Because that's what I think communication is about, is keeping the river flowing keeping the waves rising, keeping everything together. And it says, remember when you acknowledge me in return, and that's exactly for all of you. Right. What goes around comes around. So I'm a big believer in making people not only feel value, but showing value as well with just being genuine, honest, and authentic because people can smell inauthenticity. I know I can because I've been doing this for quite a while, but the bottom line is I accept people for who they are and realizing they're always growing and learning. I just see what we have in common and how we can make things grow together. Right. And Rob, thank you so much for being that way, man. I really appreciate that because it gives me a, like a friend to talk to. Exactly, because women are more social animals than guys because guys are more into being loners and things like that. So I actually go out of my way to acknowledge people and things like that, as I did with you. Now, this is for all of you again. So what were some of the steps you had to do in order to start your business? Like go back to your first time and think like, man, I really want to do this. But what were the steps you had to go through? I'll start there. So I taught mainstreamed students when I was a teacher. That's how I first was 
exposed to different ability levels. And even though I was a student in school, it's not the same. You don't notice things the same way. One of the things I had to do was I had to start, just like we've been talking about, is begin to educate myself. But I also asked permission from all of the people that I work with. I said, so I'm going to ask questions, and I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. So I need you to be giving me, like, really honest feedback, whether it was a bathroom that wasn't accessible for somebody in a wheelchair or if it was just the fact that I may be asking a question. I didn't want them to think that I was trying to be mean or anything. I'm just wanting to understand. And I'm usually a very direct communicator. So they understood where I was coming from, and it seemed to help quite a bit. For me, as a person who my mother describes as overly analytical, how much time are you going to take to analyze that, dear? <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's in real time. <laughs> so I researched the market. I said, okay, how many people are on the autism spectrum? And how can I get things organized? Organization is not one of my strengths, but it's gotten better over time. And it was a question of putting systems and processes and procedures in place, paying someone to do a website asking people for help in writing it. I wrote out the initial story, but there's people that are more skilled in PR than I am. So there's my friend Mark, who used to do PR for the Cartoon Network TV show. There's my second cousin's friend, who's like a professional PR person as well. And there's also somebody that I met on Clubhouse through the $100 million run group, whose name is Brian Street, who has a master's in social work, as well as other people that I know who are therapists and getting thoughts and opinions on what to do and how to do it in the best way to market myself. Rob, I'm going to add on to your thought here. I'm going to have another follow-up question for you. How did you I don't want to say like get better at organization, but train your brain in order to get better at organization. With ADHD, my mind goes in 15 different directions at once sometimes. And I literally had to tell my mind to be focused or to ignore all the distractions. And when I started ignoring the distractions and taking notes and writing things down and saying, hey, I need to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, and created an organizational system and created a place to keep things, store things. I have a 10K cards page now and etc. to organize things. So it's reaching out to others to create an organizational system that works for me and also on Snapchat and on YouTube, there's a lady by the name of Jessica who has a channel called How to ADHD. So I listened to a bunch of her videos and they were really helpful. The, all of my business has been, other than the vision and taking care of my mom, has been assembled for me through our leap of faith. Um, I had Marie McCready helped us with the 501c3, which took a few, quite a few months to put that together. Dave Silverbrand, the new, local retired newscaster, helped us get to the bank to get a bank account put together. Our other board member, Sandy Douglas, has helped us to get our insurance so that we have our insurance together. And all those business steps were steps that would have taken all of my energy and taken my energy away from what I'm doing with the animals. So I'm very grateful, but I'm also very aware that I need to have the support around us as far as the business goes. To answer your question, we're still in the interim, but we're getting there step by step. I think, was I even close to the board here? 
Right. And it's slowly but surely, though. It is. and But it's all of ours. It's been what it feels like a leap of faith more than a step-by-step business structure. But sometimes you get lucky, I guess, would be the nice way to put it. What is the end goal for your business? I can answer that one if you want. My end goal is to get it stabilized, leveled off to where we can do the vision, which is drop the dogs off for children and people in need at no cost because we are funded at that point and get the business stabilized and hopefully run by other autistic people and cookie cut around the nation so that we as autistic people that want to work with animals can do that as opposed to doing like fast foods or other things that people think that we should be doing. But that's the way I look at it. So Frank, I think that you should set it up as a donation so that when people are dropping the animals off, they can make a donation for that as a service and contribute so you get up there a little bit faster. And perhaps like a GoFundMe page or something like that. It's a question of branding yourself and putting out the word in terms of what you do and how you do it. And I'm not a branding expert. I actually hate Facebook and Instagram and I refuse to use them. But it's a question of branding yourself and getting the word out there in whatever way is most effective. The end goal for the business is to vastly increase people's information bank on how autism works and that people on the spectrum have unique gifts and abilities because of the brain wiring that I mentioned earlier. And for those who were picked on and bullied and et cetera, like me, to realize that they have value in life and to find what their value is by working with myself or any person of your choosing, a therapist or whatever. Not a therapist. I just have 38 years of experience in personal development, sitting in both men's and co-ed circles. So I'm really good at assisting people in wherever they're coming from and showing them a better way to live life. I'm going to ditto what Rob said, and then I'm just going to add on one more little thing because he he said it so well. It's always about providing a big impact is to just make sure that people know that we all should be patient. We all should be kind to each other. Everybody has something that makes them unique and different. So we should just give as much grace and kindness as we would like to receive in our own life. And I'd agree with you there, Isabel, because let's think about it be just easier if we could all be nice to each other yeah just say well why <laughs> instead of it's always internal rather than going out towards the people that we're here to work with and it's sad that sometimes people <clears throat> nicest alive to each other but we can't control everybody no a lot of people respond from their ego and they think their thoughts are real when a thought is simply an electronic impulse going from one side of the brain to the other and people pay attention to them thinking thinking that they're real. And mm-hmm. one thing that I also wanted to say about patients is that I throw humor into it to show people that nerdy, autistic people like myself, and I'm perfectly fine in owning that label, can have fun too. And how I do that is I poke fun at like people at the words that people say. So for example, if people say, thanks for your patience. I usually say, excuse me, but I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I don't have any patience that I'm done. (laughs) And I purposely say it slowly so people get the humor in it. So they don't say, 
What did he just say? And then it throws them off their focus. So I have all these acronyms, some of which I mentioned earlier, to keep people active and entertained. And it's all about asking people questions because questions hook the mind. I like that a lot, Rob. Questions hook the mind. That's what it is. I mean, granted, Captain Hook may not be doing it, but probably in a sense, be the Captain Hook and hook them in. (laughs) You got it. Fishermen, just like some Whole Foods, whatever they want to call it, fish that costs an arm and a leg, but it's really healthy for you. You may not want to ask a fish a question because they get hooked, they're out, literally and figuratively. That matches my fishy jokes. Now, this is actually for Frank here. Have animals helped you throughout your whole entire life? If so, how? Yes, they have. When I was younger, I wasn't paying as close of attention as I started to as an adult. The calming effect, the focus has always been there. The connection with animals has been there as well. I just never really focused on it until I got older and realized that it was special. I just figured it was normal because of growing up with it. But as I became an adult and started having a dog of my own, then I started to realize the connection that I actually did have. They do make a huge difference. The connection I've had with cats, dogs, birds, wildlife, I can't even really explain it very well, but it's just a gift that I've enjoyed my entire life. Like I said, you have the gift for dogs, and I think I do too, because in a sense, I don't know what the deal is, but you'll be very happy to hear this, Frank, but the meanest dogs you can think of are the dogs that actually love me. I don't know why. I don't know how, but I'm not kidding. I think we one time we were in um, Bloomington, and there was this dog. He was kind of, you know, a frightened of people, but he was very fond of me. I mean, he was kind of afraid, but, you know, he let me touch him like, hey, buddy, come here, and all that stuff. Very gentle, very fond. And then my mom comes in, and she basically just gets barked at. It's kind of like, don't you dare. So... I always find, I find it funny that I have a relationship with some of the mean dogs, but then I really do contain them. I mean, I know I have a friend that's a dog. She doesn't like men, typically, because I think men abused her as a pup, but she loves me. I wonder why sometimes mean dogs attach to us. That one I'm not sure of, because everybody wants to be loved, I think. I agree. I mean, I wonder that, too. You're like the Beach Boys. Good, 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 good vibrations. That's what you put out. Yeah, and maybe in a sense, that's why. Maybe, Rob, you have a point. Maybe because we put out those good vibrations and we're not the O in your face. We're just cool with whatever and very nonchalant. That might be the reason. Now, somebody mentioned something about being poor just a few minutes ago. Maybe I'm missing something, but I would like to say something about that and use a few acronyms here. Because when we're assisting people, I learned a really good acronym for poor when I was doing all these courses many years ago. Poor is passing over opportunities repeatedly. And that's what happens when we have the judgments and conclusions and all the other things, the bullied, et cetera, et cetera. And when you work with myself or Isabella or a therapist, whoever, we uncover what is going on in your mind and we assist you in taking advantage of the opportunities and knowing that there's going to be growth opportunities, a whole boatload of growth opportunities, and teaching you how to find the good and the gold in all those opportunities. Right, and I agree. And Rob, it kind of leads me to something that you said, growing opportunities. I could think of many that have happened. Back in 
freshman year, I couldn't talk to a girl. They run away from me. And that's not a joke. They literally did run away from me. But now I feel calm. I can talk to any male and female I wish to do. I mean, within limitations, obviously. Some still run, but there's few that stay. That's definitely improvement right there. I don't think many of them run from you. I disagree. And it's all about being not judgmental. I can handle people who have growth opportunities as long as they want to learn and they don't have an ego the size of the White House or whatever and saying, my crap don't stink. Oh, yeah. I agree because I think we all have crap that stinks. And I don't know, sometimes we can flush it, thankfully, but I don't think there are times where we can. And it's about not paying attention to that. And that's usually our our ego talk. And I don't want to turn this into a spiritual discussion because this definitely is not one. But some people think ego stands for edging God out. God being a higher power. It's not like alcohol or drugs. And I'm not promoting one deity over another. I'm just saying don't pay attention to our negative ego thoughts because our ego just wants to keep us down and steady and does not want us to grow because it sees that as fearful. Right. And I got an example of this too. Isabel, I'm going to pick on you for a second, but I'll be 100% honest with you. You know that I think the world of you and I think you're amazing, but, but you're probably one of the most driest people I know. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in the nicest way possible, but a lot of people with an ego would be like, God, she's so dry. Crack a leg a little bit. That's you know why, right Sam? There, egocentrism right there. You, you want to know why? Sure. Ask me why then. You'll know. So my dad is an engineer, and they have like the strangest sense of humor. He was a mechanical engineer, and they are very dry sense of humor. So was my mother. So we did not have sarcasm or many jokes in the house. Our idea, when we make a joke, nobody thinks it's funny. So that's why. Got it. But hey, no, and I love it. I love it. I have friends that are very dry. I have a mentor that's dry. So, but I'm just saying there are others who would be like, God, have a life, why don't you? You know, in a sense, I'm not one of those people, but I just know there are others that would. But hey, I love you. Keep being the way you are, please. (laughs) Oh, by the way, and this is supposed to be funny. Don't take me seriously. Throw the dry people in the shower, okay? <laughs> Literally, get in the shower. I you probably aren't. Right. I haven't showered for several days. I gosh, I can smell one from over here. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that strange smell was. I can even smell it here in LA. Yeah, it's all the way in Indiana too. Gee whiz. Now, Rob, this is for you too. So. When you say stay this in your bio, I was kind of confused on what you meant. And I'm just curious about it because it's interesting and I want to learn about it. You stated that you were tired of the rat race. So what do you mean when you are tired of the rat race exactly? Tired of the rat race is not having what I wanted in life. In other words, having all the negative thoughts, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, the, the poor me. The no one likes me, no one wants to be with me, no one wants to be my friend, because I started and all the other stuff that's in my bio. And so it was basically my wake up call to myself in terms of how to improve my life and how to learn how to serve others as I do now. Did that answer your question? Yeah. And then I have kind of an like the fall, but like another topic about Within you, you said you got bullied and totally 
don't want to say can relate to it, but I was bullied as a person too, so I know the feeling and can not want to say understand, but relate. So when did the bullying start exactly? It started when I was in like grade school because as a person who stuttered and who talked like the, like the, 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 this, I was picked on incessantly. And obviously I'm stuttering on purpose, yeah. But I was picked on incessantly because I couldn't speak properly because of my stutter. So that's when it started. How'd you get through it? I mean, I got to ask you that, man. Well, I had a mountain of judgments and conclusions the size of the White House. That's why at 25, I said I was sick of the rat race because I was wanting to be friendly with people. But as a shy, introverted nerd who wasn't even diagnosed back then, I was like, I had no people skills. It's hard to be friends with people if you don't know how how to talk to them and you don't have that skill. Right. And hard, but would you at least say that you give credit for them trying? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I refer people to postmasters so they can learn how to be better communicators because that's what I did. I joined Toastmasters in like the early 2000s and because I didn't have those skills and I literally wrote my speeches and did my best to memorize them. And then because I'm always up for a challenge and I'm always kicking myself to be better, the first eight speeches were written out. Toastmasters, you get a different, uh, what they call certification or designation. After you do either five or 10 speeches, so after the first 10 speeches, you get what they call, it used to be called a CTM, Certified Toastmaster, but I forget what it's called now, but that's what they called it back in, back in the day. But the bottom line is that on the ninth and the 10th speech, I literally wrote them out while other people were speaking because some people that were scheduled to speak didn't. On my 10th speech, which I wrote out while someone else was speaking, I won best speaker with a speech that was written out literally in five minutes while a person was speaking. That's impressive, brother. The fact that you could just come up with an idea like that, it just shows that your autism does not have to be a burden. Now, this is actually for all of you. In your eyes, what is the most useful tool that you use to attract and bring in clients or people who you want to work with to your organization? So one of the things that I do is because we focus on internships and helping students get matched to an employer, I try to keep that message super short, but I usually talk to employers and just ask a question. Do you work with interns? Do you want to work with interns? Depending on whether it's a yes, no, it determines which way I go in that decision tree of the conversation. For me, it's about telling my genuine, authentic story and not from a powerful perspective, not one where people feel sorry for me, but where I tell people, bullied, shy, introverted, thrown into a rose bush and on the side of my house on Long Island, New York, where I grew up, and taking these 38 years worth of personal development courses, just connecting with people. Like I said earlier, finding something in common to talk to people about. Right. And hey, you never know. You might make a good friend out of it. Case in point, I have a friend who talks about professional wrestling and we both love it. Oh my goodness, man. We love pro wrestling and that's something we talk about or it's something to get and, a conversation going. Oh, and I was watching professional wrestling before you were born, before it was fake and before it was theater. Now, I stopped watching it like 
10 or 20 years ago because it was theater. Now I'm into uh, mixed martial arts MMA. But if you're into that, let's have a conversation about that offline and see what else we have in common. Exactly. You never know, man. That's what I just think. You never know. It's a song I heard, and I got to sing it. Never know how. Something like that. I can't remember the exact words, but it was definitely something like that. Now, Isabella, this is your question, too. What is the process on how you help those on the autism spectrum get a job or get an internship? Yeah, I focus on the internships, but we do have that as a goal also, to be clear, Sam, to make sure that everybody can go and get a job. We set goals that are supposed to happen with the student, like within my company, and this is what the employers are taught to, is to set monthly goals as to certificates, cognitive skills, as well as tasks that the student can complete and demonstrate growth on a scale of one to five. So the goal is to make sure that we can say that I'm going to use you as my example, that if you wanted to learn marketing, that you would be able to get a couple of certificates in marketing to help you understand inbound marketing when is and how it can improve your video, your podcast, your YouTube. And then we would also look to see where's the areas that you need to grow in. Is it research or is it in problem solving or critical thinking? so that we can help you grow with those skills. That's going to be part of how we can help a student with autism be able to stand out. Assume leadership roles, yeah. Because we our goal is to make three months equal to a year of experience, and that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do sometimes, and running a business is hard, but the fact that we can make it work, I think, is still phenomenal. But my next question is, and this is kind of inspired by David, actually, one of your... um, clients, I think, or intern. Oh, David was an intern. Yeah. Yeah, David. So I'm going to be honest with you. He definitely has a hard time socializing. I can see that just on based on observations. So my question is, how do you work within their challenge and limitations, but also hold them accountable? Well, part of what he was, his challenge was socialization. You're right. So he came to PodFest to interact with people he was also, he, he could hang with me if he wanted to, but he also chose to go and talk with other people on his own. So that really demonstrated a lot of maturity and some growth on his side. Now, what about other students? Not just, I'm not talking about just Dave, I'm talking about anyone else. Maybe is there someone else you can, like, not like say name, keep their name anonymous, just out of respect sure. of privacy. But well, that's something others? that we do with everybody, all of the employers, as well as ourselves. We always encourage anybody that's an intern to go to a networking event once a month. It can be either online or it can be on the ground. If it's on the ground, then they are encouraged to talk to at least three people and come back with a business card and be able to say what it is that they talked about or they learned. I'm going to be honest with you. That is a good challenge, but it is very hard because of the many multiple people. Because I think sometimes we get a lot of information like the networking events. I have to write them down. I have to write, no, 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 no. Okay, this person did this, this person did this. Otherwise, when you ask me, hey, what'd you, what'd you do there? I was like, uh, I networked. Okay, who'd you meet? Uh, like I forget easily. Yeah, that's why having the business cards was helpful. Or if they connected with them on LinkedIn or if they just even had notes. If they pick up anything from a table, it, it still counts. May I ask, is there any other challenges that, Students have had other than socialization. It's always about 
either communication, they'll think that they're really a good communicator, like on a scale of one to five and five is the best. They think that they're a five and I go, I don't think I'm a five because people don't, when they communicate, they don't sit here. They'll use pronouns and say, oh, he said, she said, okay, who's the he? Let's be specific. Use the who, what, why, where, when, how, just so we can understand what this conversation is about. And that really helps to develop better communication skills because you're including more details. And I agree with that. And I like when people do that, like, I don't care really about the backstory. Get to the chase, please. Mm -hmm. That really helps. And I'll be honest, I'm not a perfect communicator. On a scale of one to five, is that you said one to five? Right. I would say I'm a three. That's solid. That's good. Yeah, I don't want to say I'm five because no one's a perfect communicator. No one talks. Sometimes we all make mistakes. We make errors. Communication includes the verbal skills, the listening skills, the written skills, and then also even body language observation skills. So it's multiple things that are happening there. And when we're talking about communication as a whole, you know, there's four parts to it. But we also, I think sometimes, Isabel, need to understand there's misinterpretations. So case in point, Mm -hmm. when I'm speaking and I don't look at you, because I know I lack the eye contact game, I'll admit it 100%. It can be misinterpreted that I don't really care about this right now. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I just can't, I just can't look at you right now because I'm hearing you out. I don't need eyes to hear you out. And that is usually one of the signs of autism, right? And it gets uncomfortable, honestly, especially on Zoom calls to like stare at people for a long time. I don't think it's exclusive to any just one particular group of people. It's tedious. Yeah. And Rob, let's be honest here. When did a staring contest come in? I don't think it ever did. One more time, a staring contest? Yeah, she's talking about staring. I said, well, when did a staring contest come in? Got it. Okay. I think that was supposed to be funny, wasn't it? It it was supposed to be, but... Yeah, right, 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 right. I'm I'm just making sure that that I'm interpreting what you're saying properly. So this way... uh, He's a very good communicator. So that I don't misinterpret things which i sometimes do right i get that i was right. i'm trying to make try to make you laugh and make you smile so oh and by the way how many flights of stairs were there ten. if it's a staring contest ten. Ten. okay got it okay now folks we'll be right back we're here an ad from bobcat elsewhere indiana so let's get to it are you watching to do construction in your life? If so, Bobcat at Ellettsville, Indiana is the place for you to work. For 60 years, Bob Pearl and the other six locations have been offered as a resource to construction equipment and sales. They can provide you with Bobcat equipment, Cronkite trailers, fill power tools, Echo Outdoor power equipment, Renmax power equipment, and Xmark commercial mowers. They also carry the products that are called Xaviators, Compact Track Loaders, Skid Steer Loaders, Versa Handler, Telescope Tool Carriers, All-Wheel Steer Loaders, Utility Vehicles, and Toolcat Utility Work Machines, plus a wide section of attachments. Be sure to use their services and give them a call at 800-825-9132. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, please check them out because you may find some Bobcats in Ellsville. You never know. I know I found one. Now, Frank, these questions are for you, actually. So my question about... So this is about your training with the dogs. So what are some of the methods you use while training your dogs? If it's something brand new, sometimes we'll do a little bit of bait training, but not usually. Normally it's a start as a puppy. If you call the puppy's name and the puppy doesn't come, you walk and you pick the puppy up 
and you continue to do that until the puppy submits. And then from then on, you'll have a dog that'll always listen to you. Other than a tiny bit of attention with food, which I rarely use at all, it's all done with love. They do it because they want to. They respect you because they love you. Once I introduce the pack, the pack just emulates that and we grow from that. I'm not even correcting the dogs for the most part. I have dogs that correct the dogs. Wow, that's Chris. That's awesome. They're leading by example. At this point, I'm more orchestrating than actually teaching one-on-one. Got it. Now, just in your opinion, what is the hardest trick or thing for a dog to learn? Self-control. May I ask why, in your opinion? Because that's like, if you see pictures of my dogs or videos of my dogs staying in the vehicle or staying in their boundaries, that's them deciding to do that, not because I'm forcing them into that box. There's a little bit of correcting and stuff to get them to the point they understand, but they really are doing it because they want to do it. What they're doing, and and one thing I've been told by other trainers as well, it's kind of a side note, that my dogs actually retain their personal their own individual personalities, as well as adhere to a service level training. How do you, you say that sometimes they're service dogs, but I bet we have to literally train them to get there. So how do you know that a dog is ready to be their cert, like someone else's service? Like, how do you know, okay, we're ready to put him on the road. He can go help someone on the spectrum. We test the waters. I let the dogs kind of pick their owners if possible. And then we train specifically for tasks. Um, Because they actually make a full service dog for an individual, they need to have their prescription, as it were, or doctor's recommendation. Then that is what their list of tasks would come from that we would train specifically for. Once we have a dog that will achieve those goals of tasks, then we know that we have the right match. Sometimes we have to shift a little bit. I've had to shift one dog that wasn't quite ready to go all the way to a working level for a dog that would. But that same dog six months later is ready and raring to go. Now I got to ask, I know in the background there's dogs, so I got to ask, who are these fine pups? Can you introduce us to some of them? Sure. One up over my shoulder is PJ. The one that's been sleeping or showing his privates is Forrest. This is Molly. She's the mother of the six-month-olds that are on the ground. And who else is in view? Then we have Bo. This is Christmas. She's one of the six-month-olds that this is the mother from. And this is JD. That's aw- that's awesome. Now, do you do you rescue them, or do they do you come do they come to you, or how does that work typically? As I s- stated in the beginning, I waited two and a half years for Red. Red, I actually ordered. And as we were waiting for Red, my mom, I had made her two service dogs, and one of them was getting ready to pass away. So I needed to replace that dog. So I got a hold of the breeder that I was waiting the two and a half years for Red, and we got a knockoff dog. So we rescued this dog literally from the dog pound that became the mother of our first two litters. And Ivy, which is right down in here, the little tiny dog, she took care of my mom for almost 20 years, and she is definitely a rescue. We don't even know how old she is. She was used when we got her. Making the first two litters, we've been testing the system with unrelated dogs. So we're looking forward to actually adding dog pound dogs into the system to get them back out into a working environment. Now I got to ask you, who out of that clan right now is the most friendliest out of all of them? The most gregarious is my dog, Red. And then the second would be wants, the one that wants to take it over, which is our Labradoodle, which is Ross. Oh, Ross. No, he's ignoring me. He's but, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking. Yeah, he's the one that was trying to be quiet and had to keep muting everything a few minutes ago because they were wrestling. Now he's done with it. <laughs> gotcha. Now I got to ask, what about Stubborn? Who's probably the most like stubborn dog? 
Oh, uh, that's this one. Aw, but he looks adorable. He's my circus dog, and ever since I put a mohawk on him, he grew into it within a few months, and now he's just got an attitude. I mean, he's very good. He's number three in line as far as the males. So he's not on the high end of the pecking order, but he wants to be really, really badly. I like to tell people he grew into his mohawk, and I'm kind of regretting it. <laughs> nice job, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and just out of curiosity, because I'm a big dog, I, how do they do with people coming over? Like, Because I bet it's like when someone rings that doorbell, get a bit loud but they acclimate fast we've had inspections from animal control and such just to make sure that we're not doing anything too crazy because as a pack training it is a whole different thing and people aren't really catching on sometimes but for the most part the proof is so solid that you can't say it's not working makes you feel any better it works for me because where you're sitting and where like these dogs laying on you and like above you and all that that is my paradise, except it may not be with like those type of dogs. It's honestly with pit bulls and Rottweilers and golden retrievers, but that's kind of my paradise right there. I'd be like, ah, oh, dogs. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I wanted the gene pool to make a solid rock, solid gene pool for temperament and for their health, because I wanted to get the full lifespan out of them so that we could give them a good retirement. A good start in life and a good retirement. My vision to help other people is one thing. My vision to give dogs a better quality of life was my original plan, what I'm trying to go for. So if they live to 18, I want to make sure they get at least three years retirement. And as we acclimate dogs from the dog pound and rescues, I still want to make sure we pay attention to how their health is. And now that we could do DNA testing, we could pretty much set their time span when they should retire so they still have a quality of life at the end. So, Isabel, this is for you. So, you also, at your place, do mentoring ship. So, what advice would you give to anyone out there who wants to be a mentor? Oh, that's really a good question because one of the things that the last question on my show is, what is the best mentoring advice that you want to pass on to our listeners? And that's a, a topic. If you're going to be a mentor, you want to make sure that you are really good at listening and that you're able to take that information. I usually ask anybody that is wanting me as a mentor, at times, do you want me to give you advice? Do you want me to just listen? Or do you want me to help you figure it out? Those are three completely different outcomes. They fall under mentoring, coaching, facilitating, different types of roles that somebody will wear. So I think that to answer that question fairly, it really requires that you spend some time understanding who's wanting you to be their mentor. And if you're willing to be a leader as well as a follower. Right. And let me ask, how can we improve on our listening skills? Like, what do you see not a lot of people doing when someone's trying to listen, but they're really not? Put your phone down. You know what? That works these days. I'll take it. Put the phone down because that's the biggest way that you can be more engaged. That phone, I mean, whether it does have its benefits, it can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. And like Rob said, you got to ignore the distractions. Now, Rob, this is for you. So you said you got depressed and I am sometimes do get depressed as well. So how do you handle your depression? Well, it depends upon what the subject that I'm depressed on is. I find that sometimes under depression is anger, fear, something like that. So there's been times in the past where I've just literally taken it out on my pillow to get rid of the anger and hit my pillow 
repeatedly if it's an anger issue. But if it's something that happened to me, I ask myself a series of questions. What happened? My theory on why it may have happened. What part I played in things. Did I have any judgments or conclusions about the person, the situation? And also, what the goal is, what the lesson is from that. Because things are going to keep happening until we learn why the quote-unquote universe is giving us the lesson. And until we solve and resolve the reason for that lesson, the universe is going to keep giving us that lesson until we do something that shows the universe that, okay, I got the lesson, universe. What's next? Yeah, in a sense, you're just asking, what's the next lesson? Or the next growth opportunity, however you want to say that. What advice would you get to anyone else with depression? How can they get to that method of what's the next goal? Follow that same exact pattern, but a lot of people don't know how to ask themselves the proper questions because they're playing the blame game or they're or they're angry, they're annoyed, they're pissed off and they have to get rid of that anger because before you can come up with a rational solution or with a solution, one needs to have a better state of mind. Because we can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. We have to be at a different level to come up with a better solution or a different solution. Talk to someone who's trained in this. Talk to a therapist, a minister, myself, whoever, whoever you resonate with. Rob, it's funny that you say you got angry with your pillow. I didn't know you could get into a pillow fight with yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now, Frank, these are for you. So... How did you get to be featured on the Ability Magazine? Honestly, the same way that I met you. I just put my engine out and shot the video of the dogs and let that do the talking for me. Now, what about, though, the fundraiser one? Can you tell me about the fundraiser run that you and your pups did? That was actually a one-shot. That was one video that I clipped a few seconds out of the middle of it, creating the turnaround, and they're just incredible. I mean, that's how well-trained they are. That's one of the things we do for exercise, and it's one of the things we do for control is teaching them to exit the vehicle, even onto like a road environment, but making sure it's safe, and then loading back up, and then making sure that they know the difference. That's one of my gifts, as well as speaking to animals, is shooting video, videography, framing. I love taking things out of perspective. And in that case, I was just inspired to do exactly that shot. We practiced it once, and then we shot it. Now, I do want to talk to you about your mother getting this TBI. You stated that she got TBI, and it's a part of your life. And can you tell us how your mom got a TBI, or as you said, a 90-second memory? It was kind of a gray area. It was so long ago. And I was separated right about that time until she was with me for the 21 years that she was with me. It was a blunt head trauma. She was in a coma for four months and had recovered to the point of having a 90-second memory. I discovered 21 years ago, and I took care of her for 20. The year that I decided to laying everything out so that I could take care of her was when I was discovering what she would need, how she would need it, and what I could do to make life easier. But <laughs> to be honest with you, it was just the reality of going in. Well, that answered my question of how you got through it, to be honest with you, because having a mom with a 90-second memory, that had to have been difficult, man. I'll be honest with you. It was not easy. We did both blossom, but it became very, very hard, too, especially towards the end. 
But the dogs were the difference in the whole equation. Once I had dogs that would watch my mother because she would go out. I got her in shape to where she could outdance a three-band festival and be pissed off that there was no more music, but not know who she came with in between songs. That was where the dogs came in. They just wrapped her, loved her, and gave her a balance that she would always feel comforted. She might recognize the animal a lot easier than me, too, by the way. Rob, was that bubble wrap or saran wrap? <laughs> in terms of wrap, bubble wrap or saran wrap? Did I'm dumb. I don't get it. Someone explain, please. When you're wrapping things, was it bubble wrap or saran wrap? Because you're wrapping things. Oh, I get it. Okay, thank you. That makes a lot more sense now. Well, because if you don't make sense, you don't make dollars, right? Exactly. Now, Rob, this is for you actually too. When did you begin taking personal developmental courses? And can you tell us like some of the lessons you learned while taking these courses? The lessons I learned were to take full responsibility, to see what part I played in it, to ask myself the proper questions in terms of what the lesson is. I've mentioned that a couple of times here tonight or today, whatever time zone people are in. (laughs) And also to act with the future in mind. So talk to people so they understand what you're saying by creating word pictures. Like for example, when I'm talking to people, I'm practicing with them. That's what's in it for me when I'm talking to the listener. So what did I get out of my instruction? If I'm teaching them how to do something, what the end result for them is going is going to be. Now, this next one is for Isabella, actually. So, Isabella, can you share some of the curriculum someone will learn in the E4C Academy? Oh, well, we have one course in there right now. It's for employers. It's 101, what they need to know about working with interns. But we just have a partner, and it's Epic Games. And they've given us curriculum for the teachers, lesson plans, and then also the actual assignments that students can learn how to program for games. So there's a certificate behind that one. So we'll have some courses with certificates, some for knowledge, like what is real diversity as a topic. And then we also have a gamification game that's coming in, and it's to teach persuasion. Uh, How do you use that? You use games to teach persuasion? If that's the case, I want to yeah. know how you do that. It's another third-party provider that I have. Uh, it's a more of an online game, augmented reality somewhat. So they run you through some cycles of how that relates to sales. That's really cool. I'll have to check that out. Thanks. Not a problem. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Rise Autism Therapy. So let's get to it. Rise is a new ABA center committed to serving children and teenagers from 2 to 16 in Bloomington and Evansville, Indiana. They value quality of care over anything else. That is why their BCBAs have small caseloads so that your child is a priority. We are dedicated to supporting families and our community to make an impact that is lasting. The small clinic size allows them to be available for you. They want to help make your family's life better and more enjoyable. To book a session, call them at 812-287-8561. Or if you have any questions, please email them at admin at riseautism.com. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, please check them out because you will definitely rise to the occasion. Now, Isabel, this one is for you. So my next question is about one of the computer games we were talking about before the break, and that was an intern pursuit game. So tell us about the intern pursuit game. Oh, that one's a lot of fun. 
So our intern pursuit game is on Steam. It is a third-person tower defense game, and we have gamified our marketing approach because we have a game up there to attract the game industry employers as well as students that are looking for internships with companies. So it's up there. It's for fun. Every planet, we have the nine planets. We're including Pluto as a planet. The nine planets are up there. It's a little bit like a Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll send you a game key if you want to play, Sam. You can laugh at me here in a minute. So I wanted to play it because I was trying to do some research to figure out more about you. Well, when I tried to play it, I didn't realize you had to buy it. So literally, I was oh, no. on my, I was on you my, can, um, like doing this. You can play was, it with a demo. Oh, you can play the demo for free. I tried it, and then for some reason, it's like my keyboard was acting up or something because I tried to move it around. I thought I, I can't move anywhere here. Are you playing with a? You can't play it with a Mac. You have to play it with a PC. Yeah, I play it with a PC. You should have been able to play the demo, but if not, I'll send you a game key. Thank you. Please do that. You're welcome. welcome. Now, speaking of computers, my next question is for Frank about your once upon a time computer business. So what was your old computer business? Creekbook Computers and Photography 2, which was using my computer skills as well as my eye for photography. And again, it was another distraction from taking care of mom. I would come up with these grandiose things that would keep me at home so that I could still take care of my mom, but yet give me things to do so that I wasn't just constantly thinking about the next thing I got to do for her. But yet she was always there. So she's always right in house constantly. It was uh, very important that we do it that way. But the computer business was wonderful. It was a great distraction. Towards the end, I had other companies were hiring me to go out on their service calls, which is kind of nice. It became very financially lucrative, but it was take, started taking up too much time for me taking care of my mom. So ironically, I always tried to keep it very small. Let me ask, did computers help with your autism? If so, how? It gave me a way to see how my brain worked. I likened the way my brain worked to a computer, and then it gave me a way of working with it. Like when I went back to college to HSU, I was able to catch the numbers and letters that I was flipping over and keep them correct from then on, at least for a long period of time. I haven't had any problems since, but paying attention to the details and working through those really helped a lot. And then taking that, because I really wanted to be a computer technician and taking that little bit of an education. And that was also when I was labeled at 35 of being autistic. It was a big experience there. But at the same time, that's when they told me I was autistic, that they said, I probably better just think about being a worker bee instead of a lead bee or running my own business. And that frustrated me to where I was focused to the point that I did want to have my own business and I did do my own business. You were determined, weren't you? Yeah, that's what got the bill rolling, put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I noticed that you're a fidger, so... My question is, do you ever make the dogs dance? Like, you feel like you're um, going to make this one dog do the YMCA. Oh, she just likes to be held. She just constantly, she'll flip up in an uncomfortable position just to make sure that I know she's there. But I'll hold her. I love holding <laughs> dogs. But a funny story on dancing, I thought I had a special dog. The dogs prior to this one, the one that was tasked started this whole project, that dog actually would come up while I was running my computer business and I had a really nice stereo system in there. And the dog would start dancing, literally would just start dancing as I would dance. Not jumping up on me unless I wanted her to, but just, you know, she'd get in step with the music. And I was just running around telling everybody, this is amazing. This 
poodle knows how to dance. And so I ran across another poodle owner that goes, no, most poodles do know how to dance. Total reality. Yeah, and you're like, oh, dang it, I thought I had something special. Yeah, although the same dog did run across a dance floor, stop, and slide on his butt into my arm. That was one of the funnest outings we had done with the dog. <laughs> and speaking was- of America's Got Talent, have you checked out Olate dogs? I'm not kidding you. They trained their dogs key. They made their dogs do bat flips. Yeah, was it Poodle one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had a couple of them on there. And really, really amazing. Now, Isabella, this is for you. So you're also a podcaster, the intern whisperer. So when did you decide to start this podcast, but you're also a blogger? So when did you also decide to start a blog? I was an English major and an English teacher. So writing is what I do. But I started the podcast because one of the schools that they created a radio and broadcasting program, they asked if I would start the podcast over there at the school. So they're one of my schools that I recruit from, but they're very special. So if they asked me to do something, I do. And I'm really glad that I did because now, did you know, Sam, that our podcast has hit um, over 7,000 downloads now, and we have 214 episodes. No offense, I beat you. I got 11K. Oh, I know you do. You've been doing this, and you've got a good network. I don't have a sponsor, though. It's organic growth, for sure. But hey, it takes time to grow. It really does. And what about your name? Where did the... I know probably where the intern came from, but where did the whisperer come from? Oh, that's what one of my mentors called me that. Because everything that the company has was built by students everything from the game to the podcast the videos the logos the website the software algorithms like all of that has been done by students so they said how do you get so much out of them the answer was i understand what they need academically but i also understand what adult learners need to have also and so he he started calling me that i went that's a good name for a show it is what if i said like well, I whisper to them. <laughs> Sometimes I do. It literally. I usually share a tip of the week. That's why the whispers there. Now, folks, we right back. We're here from Unlocking the Spectrum. So let's get to it. At Unlocking the Spectrum, we are committed to making the highest quality ABA therapy accessible to all children with autism. We pride ourselves in offering fun, compassionate, and data-driven programs for individuals with autism and unparalleled support for their families. Our personalized approach means that every unique child is given just what they need to reach their maximum potential. We are so happy to support Sam and his mission of taking the stigma off of autism. You can learn more about our services and employment opportunities in both Indiana and Texas at unlockingthespectrum.com or by calling 855-INFO-UTS. That's 855-INFO-UTS. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check them out, you will definitely unlock the key to your success. Now, Isabel, this is also for you. So my question is, how'd you find Cat5 Studios and Pivot Business Consulting? So every teacher always has a side gig. Your mom knows that. So my consulting business was the first business I started. From there, I launched the video and game production company. And then that's where I entered a contest to have Employers for Change in an accelerator. We've done lots of accelerator programs now, but it kind of all morphed together. There's the platform itself, which accelerates the amount of time it takes and makes it faster to recruit people. And then there's also the training academy and then the game and the podcast. And the game and the podcast are like lead generation. They pull people in. Pull me and I'll admit that. 
Yeah, I'm glad I met you. I know. Now, how did you win the Startup of 21 Award through Prepare for VC? Oh, they actually found me. I had won second best in educational technology in 2021. So they found that and then I got invited to be a part of their program, Prepare for VC. They're out of Boston, Massachusetts. And they said that we were one of the top 21 startups to watch from 2021. Now, this is for you, Frank. So can you tell us about your YouTube channel and where can people find your YouTube channel? Yeah, my YouTube channel is still under my name. That's one of the things I haven't gotten is a multimedia balance on everything yet. So it's a little spectrum dust, as I like to call it. So my name, Frank Malat, M-A-L-L-A-T-T, is my YouTube channel. Critters for Service with a number four is one of the labels that we use. Still haven't gotten everything straightened out yet to make everything smooth, seamlessly branded as suggested to me already. Frank Malat on YouTube, you will be able to find those. Or if you go to Facebook as I call it old fart book. There is a lot of stuff under both Frank Millat and Critters for Service there, and they will link you right to the YouTube. A nice nickname, old fart book. Wow. You know, we should make that a book now. Old fart book. Not Facebook. Old fart book by Frank Mallet. <laughs> That's your new book you got to write, man. Landing and hanging on to. I know a spiritual person who calls Facebook nose book because people's noses are Always in it, except for mine. But what's your question? I don't blame you. Hey, but that was meant to be a pun. That was a good one. But my question is, how do you counsel while flipping the script? How do I counsel while flipping the script? Not I understand your question. Are you asking how I achieve results in the people that are my clients? Sure, we can word it that way. Okay, because I need to have it make sense so that I can I can answer it. So basically, it's all about Number one, getting to know that person as an individual, their ins and outs, their strengths, and their growth opportunities, and seeing what judgments they have, what conclusions, what pain they have from whatever's happened in their life. So there's a lot of background work that goes on. And then once I know that, then I ask whatever is appropriate for the circumstance in terms of how did you contribute to things? I actually took a course called, a men's only course called the Mankind Project. And I use a script from the Mankind Project to ask questions in terms of what happened based upon the person's circumstance. And there's basically like five different main circumstances that I would address using those scripts. And that's going to lead us to our next ad because we'll be right back. We're going to hear from Great White Smoke, but stay tuned. In the town of Bloomington, Indiana, you can find the best barbecue meat at Great White Smoke. Owned by Dave White, Great White Smoke offers meat catering for events such as weddings and birthday parties. They've won awards such as the 2021 number one food truck in America Grand Champion and the 2019 Kentuckiana Barbecue Pitmasters King of the Q. If you're looking for someone to cook meat for your event, then Dave is your guy. Book them for your next event at 812-229-7571. You can drop them an email on their contact page as well. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check them out, you won't hear smoke on the water. But instead, you'll hear smoke on the grill. Now, guys, these are just for fun. And these are all for you. And they're just personal questions and for fun. So, And Rob, since you're eating, it's actually a perfect time to ask this. So what is your paradise meal or favorite food and why is it your favorite? Buffalo chicken wings because I really like their flavor. I like you can put any kind of sauce on it. I can create any 
taste experience that I choose based upon the flavor of sauce that I put on them. Before anyone else goes, Rob, I love you. We got to go get some wings, man. That's my favorite food too. Spicy chicken wings, buffalo style. By the way, you were talking about meeting people earlier, but I stopped meeting people when I became a vegetarian. I get it. Ha ha ha. That, that Actually, that was kind of good. I'll give you that one. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, my sister-in-law's family is from Indiana. They're from Shelbyville. I've never been there, but if I ever make it out to Indiana, which I haven't, I'll look you up if you want. We'll go get some wings. How's that sound? Some spicy chicken wings. Awesome. Ooh, I like everything but calamari. What's wrong with calamari? It's too chewy. It's gross. Have you had it? I had it once, I think, and it was all right. It's octopus. I don't know. Some things you just don't eat. I'm a salad guy, to be honest. Salad guy? That's awesome. How do you like it? Like, do you like grilled chicken salad? Like, what? Do you, how do you like your salad? Maybe he's uh, a vegan. I'm not a vegan, but I lean towards vegetarianism pretty much. Although I will eat meat if I'm cutting it up and serving it. But I prefer like a nice green salad that's hand-tossed with a little bit of pepper on it. Light dressing. The dressing is the key. I've just gotten used to it. For a month and a half earlier in life when I was taking to my mom, it completely changed my body from a meat and potatoes guy to wanting and craving vegetables. I discovered how much it helped me with my autism, focus, and demeanor. I, I think I need a more eat salads myself. Uh, well, you got to get used to it. You got to want it. <laughs> Out of curiosity, because I'd like to know how that affected you in terms of what effect did it, did it have? Because you said it, it had a great effect on you. Calming, less agitated type feeling probably because you don't have the processed food and yeah, none of the sugars yeah when i let go of it i also went organic yeah that's I good i still have a sugar addiction <laughs> i gotta really watch myself with sugars but it really has made a huge difference in that just getting away from that stuff was the main thing although i still every once in a while do enjoy having a piece of meat or something like that recently i was harvesting mutton for the dogs not something i like to do but the dogs needed it and it was offered so there's a ranch that was helping us and I was trained French Alahesian, so I made a couple of mutton dishes that I would have died for. It's a whole nother flavor. It's very specific. So going from vegetarian type food to full mutton, main course meals, I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> I call it like grazing through life. I try and do that as much as possible, even with the animals. You have different meals, different sources for food. Like I've making tuna fish all day, preparing it for the dogs for the next week's food. We have From a can or a fish? No, literally from right off the fish boat. They're cutting up the fish, selling the fillets. I showed up with my containers and asked if I could have donations for the dog. And we ended up with all the pieces that they didn't sell. Literally enough, it took me all day. I've got one more pot of stuff to cook up and grind up. And then I have fish meal that is completely... Right off the boat, fresh. The only thing I did was I cooked it so that I could get the bones and get the bones all ground down to make a healthy mix for them as opposed to chewing on the bones. What is your favorite movie or TV show and why do you like it? Goonies. I just love Goonies. In fact, I drive up north of here from, I used to train the dog from Coos Bay to Laytonville. And as soon as you get up towards the Brookings on, the coast up there on Oregon looks just like the Goonies set. My reason why is just exploratory kids thing that it's something you never grew out of. I obviously have not grown out of it. <laughs> I have an awful lot. That's really hard. I would pick any superhero movie, any Marvel one. That's for sure. I guess I'm going to have to pick genres. So any kids movie, because they always have good life lessons in them. And then any Marvel or any superhero movie, because I just think superheroes are awesome. They're about teams. They just always have really good scripts. So I like those. 
Now, I got to ask you, though, who's your favorite Marvel character? Oh, man, that's so hard. Hero, hero, villain, both, doesn't matter. Any answers acceptable on that? Well, I do like Guardians of the Galaxy the most. I like all of the characters out of there, so I'm going to pick those. But it's just a funny movie. I can watch that every time, and I never get tired of it. Which one? The first one, the second? Then I would pick Deadpool. Maybe they'll have like a mush together with a mush Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool. Yeah. That would be awesome. They're super funny. I'm not a big TV fan. Uh, Somebody because I'm usually too busy. But in the past, I watched before it went off the air. It was Adam Richman's show where he did all these food challenges. I forget the name of it. Man versus Food? Oh, yeah. I liked the Anthony Bourdain series before he un- tragically took his own life. And also Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, which you probably never heard of because it's way before your time. Nope, but I'd love to hear about it, man. Well, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was hosted by a guy by the name of Robin Leach. And basically, he would have it each week with how each person lived famous and rich lifestyle. It's been literally 20 or 30 years since I watched that. I can't tell you any of the episodes by heart, but that was really good. And in terms of Marvel superheroes, it's definitely Spider-Man because I love how he can shoot the spider web out of his wrist and catch people. Yeah, that is kind of a cool sight. It's cool. I'm just even thinking about him trying to hold his girlfriend or whoever else in one hand and holding that web down to make it kind of like a pose kind of ordeal. I think that's kind of cool, too. We probably ain't walking down the red carpet. He's probably going to be walking in the spider carpet, knowing him. Sam, what's your favorite movie or TV show? Well, okay, we can go to that. I like a lot of comedy shows. Like I like yeah. to laugh. Their laughter, I think, is the best medicine. So a lot of Impractical Jokers, probably a lot of movies and TV shows that would get me into trouble if I was 10 and I couldn't watch it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Impractical Jokers was awesome. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite Joker, man? I really didn't have one. They were all good. I mean, it's been literally five years since I've watched that show, so I don't even remember the Joker's names, but they were all good. I got to meet one of them is the reason why I was asking. And when you met them, did they say that they were a vegetarian also? No, they were not vegetarian, but I did get a Larry from one of them. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great experience. I'm hoping we're going to see Sal in November for my mother. It's her birthday present. So we'll see how that one goes, too. By the way, uh, you may want to ask people who their favorite comedian is, too, if you want. Are we going that? Who's their favorite comedian? Actually, he's not a comedian. He's a ventriloquist. Does anyone know who Jeff Dunham is? Oh, yeah. Jeff Dunham rocks. I mean, I love his characters. And also that overweight guy where they call him fluffy gabriel iglesias he's really good as well comedy for me any stand-up comedy that's comedian that's brave enough to get up give their life is incredible I actually use stand-up comedy was one of the ways i reset my life I feel i'm not following what i need to do or i need to distract myself stand-up comedy can really be an education an eye-opener and a really healthy distraction for laughter Yeah, I don't have any comedians that come to my mind. However, if you watch Netflix, you can watch a whole lot of them. And none of them have really stood out for me, but they're funny. They are funny. My goal uh, by the end, within the next year, I'm going to do my first stand-up comedy routine set. 
Good for you. Yeah, Congratulations. So to again, prove to people that just because you have a diagnosis, it doesn't mean that we're limited or that mm -hmm. I'm limited in any way. I also have like YouTube videos with 1200 views and another one with 800 views of me dancing like Michael Jackson. That's incredible, man. That's, that's exciting. Excited for your comedy career to hopefully launch. Right. I have to figure out when it launches, what kind of rocket I'll be using. Am I going to use like an Elon Musk one or you know, what kind of rocket I'll be using? Use an Elton John one. That might work. Uh, oh yeah. I prefer Elton to, to Elon is like a former politician and president. His ego is about the size of the White House. Now, my final question is, are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before everyone answers, I like a good memory that makes you just feel good inside, that you're just proud of, that stands out with you to this day, and a funny memory that made you fall on the floor laughing. And it could be with your business, it could be with just yourself, it could be with your dogs, it could be with the person who you love, spouse, whatever. Your call, how you want to answer it. So the funny memory is not with me. It's with my nephew. So literally, he was doing some skateboarding, and he was wearing a bathing suit, and he literally got stuck because of the way he rode the rail. When he got off the rail, because his bathing suit got tangled up, he was hanging out from his underwear. So his underwear was holding him on to what it got attached to. Oh, no. He, had, he was hanging, literally. He was hanging 10. <laughs> yep. So that was the funny memory. I used to be a new hire trainer for a solar panel company many years ago. And literally, I beat a coworker in a sales contest who was like trash talking me galore. And I beat him in a sales contest. Happy memory would be when I first discovered these guys actually doing what they need to do. They dogs do all kinds of funny stuff. We just They're just on their own agenda most of the time. Now, taking mom to Mexico was pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. In Mexico, they, when you're at the beach, they have those waves, and they call them sneaker waves. Coming from the coast of California, I just kind of took it with a grain of salt that they had sneaker waves. I'm watching my mom just have this pristine moment of enjoying standing in the below-her-knees wave in the ocean to all of a sudden just seeing this wave just topple her, just boom, just knock her down and roll her into the ground, and but without getting hurt. Luckily, I was able to grab her and snatch her up, and it was just the funniest thing because she didn't get hurt and just hilarious. Oh, I have a story like that, too. You have to be careful with those waves. My mom right, right. fell, too. The very next round, the very next sneaker wave took me out. I got her up to safety and was like, it's okay, Mom. I'm going to, you know, and then I literally got rolled. I had sand under my eyelids. I mean, it was just hilarious, but a well-put lesson. You got to be careful with those waves because the next thing you know, you're turning into dominoes. Exactly, exactly. And being coming from the coast did not help my awareness on it. I was not prepared. Funny and life lesson. Oh, and speaking of waves, let's all do a virtual wave. Hey! Like they do in the football stadium and the baseball stadium. Hey, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. So this is one when one of my brother's parents had left the house we were watching a movie that we weren't supposed to watch because it was scary it's old school scary and it was about a hand that got severed off from the body and the hand was crawling up the back seat of the car and my brother and i i don't know i think i was 10 he was nine 
we went running outside and we sat on the front yard because our youngest brother was in the car with our parents. And we just sat with our backs to each other so we could watch our parents when they came home because we were afraid we were going to get in trouble because we watched this stupid movie. But it's still something that we talk about. It's so funny. Just out of curiosity, it, was the movie Jaws? No, it was The Hand. It's an old black and white movie. It was terrifying. The hand would crawl because, you know, it got severed from its body and it was crawling up the back of the seat and it was going to, and it had long nails and it was going to go and stab the person in the seat. It was scary. I bet it was. Hey, at least it wasn't a Michael Myers hand. No, but it's scary. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for doing this. Is there any closing remarks or anything you guys like to promote before we head out of here? I like Rob that he has angel wings behind him and a halo on his head. I think that's hysterical. I love it. And I purposely chose that because that's what I do with people. With such strong uh, wind wind beneath my wings. Um, You're going to sing for us? As long as you mention it. I will sing, okay? Okay. And it's going to go as follows. We are family. All my same as podcast brothers and sisters and me. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, com if you relate to anything I said and send me an email and we will hook up. And remember, <laughs> and no, you're not a sheep because that's what a sheep says. It stands for be awesome as always. So be awesome as always. And if you're not the best, most awesome version of yourself you want to be, reach out to me or any person of your choosing so that you can morph yourself into that. And myself, we are critters with the number four service.com. And I just want to be an inspiration for people as well as being inspired by people. And you guys today have inspired me greatly. I look forward to keeping in contact with you guys and learning from you as well. Thanks for your time. And Frank, I'll tell you, Isabella has Facebook, so you definitely can send her a friend request if you want. Okay. Oh, I'm not as active on Facebook. I'm more active on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you're going to connect with me, I would say that for sure. My company is on all of the channels, but even on Facebook, you wouldn't find much about me. I just don't get it. And I think they're invasive. Anyway, so, yeah, I guess I would, my ask is that people would connect with us at Employers for Change. And the website is www.e, the number four, the letter C, dot tech, T-E-C-H. So if you're looking to work with interns, find us. If you're a student looking to get matched, sign up and play our game and listen to our podcast and all of that good stuff. And Sam, I want to tell you, thank you. This has been really, really nice. You have great questions. I want to compliment you, too, on that. Great question. Oh, and by the way, uh, my friend Zach in Minnesota, he has a agency. So he's always looking for interns. Who are yeah, Rob. I have a different series that I think that you two gentlemen and, and where I'm putting also Sam in is behind the HR curtain. And it's like we just have really very candid conversations so we can break stigmas about different groups. Got it. Okay. So I will send you a LinkedIn invite. And are you on LinkedIn, Sam? Yeah, but I don't know how to use it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Sam, well, I'll you teach you that one. If, yeah, if you I, have a profile, I can send you a connection request, okay? All right. I do as well. There's my LinkedIn. It's in the chat. Okay. okay. You can grab it. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and connecting as well. It's been an honor having you guys all. And just thank you guys again for all the work you do. It's been phenomenal interviewing you. Awesome.
because I'm really into acknowledging people and making people feel special and wanted and appreciated. I'm purposely shouting out your mom. She's so supportive of you. So thank you, Gina. Thank you for supporting Sam the way you do. And thank you for raising such an awesome man who wants to contribute with his heart and soul to people's lives. So thank you, Gina. And I bet she'll say thank you guys, Gak. But until next time, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please join in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. <laughs>